Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello and welcome to Saving Lives in Slow Motion. Today, I'd like to talk about cancer. Now, I had um, some family over at the weekend and we were having a conversation about all sorts of things. And and somehow, I don't know how it was, but the rates of cancer came up and how it's, you know, it's going to affect one in two of us. And, and I piped up and said, actually, when I started medical school, it was one in four and then it became one in three and now it's one in two. You know, those statistics mean that most of us are going to be affected by cancer in terms of knowing someone with it um, or having a relative affected by it or ourselves. It's such a huge topic because cancer itself in some ways is a process and quite complicated in that some cancers are very treatable and some, you know, do very little over a long period of time. Others devour us you know they literally within weeks can lead to death why is that and you know is there anything that you can do to prevent cancer i mean there's so much out there in terms of advice what works what doesn't so i guess firstly one way to classify cancers um is to look at the different types and one way of um, dividing them is to divide them into the types of tissues that become cancerous. So broadly speaking, you can divide cancer into four groups, and they are carcinomas, sarcomas, lymphomas, and leukemias. There are other types as well, but we'll, we'll come on to them later. But generally speaking, um, those are the four main types. And Essentially, you know, carcinomas arise from skin or tissue um, that covers the surface of our internal organs and usually end up um, becoming what, what are called solid tumours. And a tumour is just a sort of a, a clump of cells that form a mass. Sarcomas um, start in the kind of support tissues, if you like, like nerves or joints, tendons, 
cartilage or bone. Lymphomas start in the lymphatic system, you know, the network of glands that go around um, the body, and leukemias start in the blood. And all of them have in common this abnormal proliferation of cells, you know. So cells divide and that process essentially goes wrong where the, the cell division process becomes abnormal and cells start to uh, divide uncontrollably. And by that I mean that cells grow out of control because they don't respond to the signals that control normal cell growth. And while we're on that um, idea of cell division, one of the things I want um, to just get in because it's in my mind is there are certain cancers that are relatively common. So, for example, breast cancer or bowel cancer um, is something that we hear about a lot. You may even know someone affected by those conditions. In fact, both of them have been in, in family members of mine. But you don't often hear of someone with, say, cancer of the heart. And one of the reasons is to do with cell division. So cells in the bowel, for example, divide very rapidly. So the likelihood of that process going wrong is relatively high compared to, say, um, cell division of the, the muscle tissue in the heart because that kind of tissue doesn't mutate very easily. And, you know, if you think about the commonest cancers, certainly in the UK, the four commonest types are breast cancer, lung cancer, prostate cancer, and bowel cancer. And so you'll see quite rightly, there's a lot of awareness building around those. Um, my, my interest, you know, and I think all of our interests is, can we do anything to prevent these cancers? Let, let's just take the common ones, because cancer of the heart, which is super rare, as in, you know, between one and two in a hundred thousand people, is not the biggest issue by a long way. The issue of the, the four I've just mentioned. And, you know, if you look at what creates the environment for cancers to flourish, it's a mixture of our genes and our environment. And all of the things in my health loop, you know, diet, sleep, stress, exercise, historic infections, and exposure to sunlight. Again, while we're on that, historic infections, we know that Epstein-Barr virus, which causes glandular fever, which more than most of us have, have had at some point in our life, is directly implicated in certain cancers. So, just sticking to the point, which I'm really bad at, apologies, um, prevention. Can we do anything about them? Well, the first book I ever read about this was probably in around 2008 or nine. Um and it was a book called Anti-Cancer by David Servan Schreiber, whose story was incredible. So when he was a fairly young um, neuropsychiatrist, you know, he's a doctor himself, he had a brain scan as part of a study. In fact, one of the participants from the study didn't turn up, so they decided to scan his brain. Turned out that he had an incurable brain tumour and was given three months to live. And it sent him on his own journey of really discovering predominantly nutritional interventions, um, you know, the, the kind of dietary inputs into what um, prevents cancer and what feeds cancer, if you like. And I, I'm not going to go into the, the whole thing. I'm going to post a link in the show notes. But, you know, I, I remember um, he talks about foods and something called food synergy. So, for example, there was a study... Um, on women with breast cancer and 
I, I believe he talks about the, the food synergy between mushrooms and green tea and the effect it has on reducing mortality, that is death effectively, in women with breast cancer. And the reduction is something along the lines of 68%. Um, and as I say, I'll post um, a link to this. But, you know, the, the point being that clearly there are things that we can do to reduce our risk of cancer. So a simple one would be not to smoke, you know, as we know that smoking is linked to not just lung cancer, several other cancers. Watch our alcohol intake. Heavy alcohol intake is also um, a risk factor for cancer. And um, sugar as well. You know, diets that are very high in sugar increases our insulin resistance, and that is also a risk factor for cancer. So there are things we can do. And, you know, I don't want to get into arguments with people about you know, whether food is medicine or not. Um, it's all semantics to me, to be honest, you know. Um, but certainly certain foods have medicinal properties. And after all, if you think about where medicines come from, a lot of them do come from plants. So you can't really say food is medicine, but, you know, food is sort of the the basis of a lot of medicine, I'd say. The other thing um, I would say is that, you know, once cancer is set in, the the difficulty there is, and I have this with patients to this day, is how do you sort of decide with your oncologist, you know, who's looking after you, whether anything apart from the treatment program that you're having might be of benefit? And, you know, over the years, I've had patients ask me about all sorts of things. And I've put my hands up and said, look, I, I just don't know. And I'm not sure anyone knows enough. It's a little bit like that that world of supplements. You know, no one person is an expert, certainly not the people that necessarily make them or manufacture them. Um, doctors, not really. Um dietitians, nutritional therapists certainly have a lot more knowledge, I'd say pharmacists no mechanisms definitely but all of those people need to kind of get in a room together to decide the best way forward and and in the same way i'm not sure uh where that overlap between cancer treatments and trying to sort of prevent things getting worse lays it's it's really complicated because a, a lot of things interact with chemotherapy and frankly, there seems to be a knowledge gap. And I myself have never been able to recommend anyone um, to see anyone because I don't think anyone really knows enough, um, certainly about both worlds, you know, enough about the drugs that are used to treat cancers and then enough about the risks of mixing treatment with other interventions, whether it's diet or supplements. I also think that... Sometimes cancer can be just so... Well, it's always a cruel thing because it's never um, nice, is it? But And I've had many patients over the years, um, people who, who've sort of been diagnosed with a cancer and then it's, all, it's, all, it's either been picked up too late or it's so aggressive that there was never any hope of treating it in the first place. And that's hard because there's no way of turning the clock back on that there's no treatment that will work and there's certainly no prevention and if we come full circle and think about all the factors that affect our health day to day genetics environment sleep stress diet exercise historic infections exposure to sunlight 
or also euphemistically, I guess, related to vitamin D. But if you if you think of those factors, then genes are actually relatively important, very important when it comes to cancer. And part of that is family history, like, for example, the BRCA genes in breast cancer, but also um, other types of genes, like the RAS oncogene or the RAS gene, which I remember when we first went to med school, so this was 1992, one of the lectures in genetics was about the RAS oncogene. And, and the lecturer that we had at the time, would it was one of his pet topics. He absolutely loved it. And wasn't the, the best lecturer in the world and really difficult to sort of make out what he was trying to get across but the reason it was so important is that that RAS gene is seen in b between 20 to 30 percent of cancers and nowadays with the advances in molecular biology that's quite exciting in the sense that you can actually target that um, in terms of new therapies so if you can switch off the activity of that gene, then you can actually stop that natural progression towards cancer that's, you know, out of control and untreatable. I said I'd revisit other types of cancer. So there are, beyond the four main types, there are, there's also myeloma, which arises from bone marrow, there are melanomas that arise from, you know, moles um, on our skin from melanocytes, which give those moles their dark colour, although they're not always dark. And there are mixed types as well. One thing I'd, I'd like to also mention is that I, I know there's often a lot of scepticism about cancer treatments, and I understand, you know, that chemotherapy, for example, can be really, really um, almost poisonous to the body in terms of side effects. But having spent quite a few years uh, for various reasons with a load of haematologists, and that's, you know, the, the group of doctors that deal with blood predominantly, I have to say, you know, and I was very lucky to meet Professor Carl June, who first developed CAR T cells, which is really the stuff of dreams um, and involves taking your own T cells, which is a part of our immune system, modifies them and puts them back into the body in order to fight cancer. It's a, it's a really, really tough treatment with lots of side effects. And I've met people who've had CAR T therapy, but it treats cancers that would otherwise be untreatable. It's essentially genetic engineering. And I think, you know, we, we have to hold on to that hope that technologies are improving day by day um, and the science is just mind-blowing but at the other end the planet that we live on for whatever reason is unfortunately fairly toxic and that doesn't lend itself well to necessarily living well or healthily it's not easy and you know when we're well and we're effectively taking our health for granted. I think, you know, it's, uh, you know, we're, none of us are perfect and we all sort of take part in things that are probably not that good for us, but we're human, you know, and, you, you know, it's really difficult not to do that. But the reality is that, is that you know, with all the best will in the world um, and... I'm not, not trivialising this at all, but I know the healthiest people in the world who've ended up with 
cancer and I know people who don't um, look after themselves at all you know they smoke like chimneys and they eat what they want they you know in a way should be really quite ill and actually they live a very long life until you know one day they slow down and and you know eventually the inevitable happens but one thing we do know is that at the moment it looks like cancer is here to stay and while that's the case I think I want to take this opportunity to take my hat off to people that do incredible work at the end of life for people that where, where the cancer isn't treatable and I just hope that in the future there's more investment in therapies and more investment in prevention at both ends and hopefully with that um, and looking after the planet we'll be able to take big strides you know in in the war against cancer because that's what it is okay listen I've, I've talked a lot there I hope that's just given you an overview of cancer and where we're at I think you know as usual I'm going to post a load of links in the show notes which I hope are of interest to you in the meantime I'd love to hear from you please find me on my socials on LinkedIn Facebook Instagram Twitter let me know um, about episode ideas if there's anything you want me to cover I want to thank you for listening thanks so much for staying with me feedback's been overwhelming and I'm really humbled uh, when I look at the spread of nationalities that tune into this uh, when I check on Acast. I really do appreciate it and until we meet again, do look after yourself, take care, bye for now. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.